Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am glad to have you here with us today as we talk to someone that I have just recently connected with on the interwebs, uh, when the interwebs are working, and that is Alex Poncio. And you may not recognize Alex's name, but when we get into his story, there's definitely going to be some things I think a lot of you are going to recognize about this guest. So let's not delay. Alex, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Excited to be here. Good. I'm glad, man. I'm glad we're finally getting to talk. Alex and I, I, I think we're now on, we, we bumped you just three, 14 times, 15 times because yeah. of, of internet problems. Who's it's, counting, though? I mean, really, who's, yeah. who's like, literally, every like, for you all out there listening, uh, a couple times this week I had to say, okay, Alex, we're all set, and we're not all set, and we're all set, and we're not all set. So we are... We're gonna harness our time right now and just get right to it, man. And we'll, so we'll it's dive. really because you're you're digging your feet in the mud. You're like, oh, I don't want to interview this guy. God, okay. It, I, I I had to pull myself together and be like, there is there is literally nothing interesting in his story. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me take give us something new. Yeah, like let, let is there? Let me brainstorm to find something, an angle. Is there an angle? I I and then honestly, I, I gave up. I, I don't. I, I'm not sure if anyone's going to get anything out of this today, Alex, but we're going to try anyway. And and we'll get into that first question that everyone everyone starts off with. And that, of course, is tell us, Alex, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, uh, I've been a fat kid my whole life. and No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, yeah, I, I guess you could say I've always had a little bit of a weight problem. Uh I was 250 pounds in fifth grade. I, I was skinny, like the first skinniest relative, but uh, I guess of normal weight um, the first couple years of my life. And then from like four on, I just kind of gained, the, the way my doctors put it is I gained 15 pounds every six months uh, up until the time that I really started losing. So really my entire life has been shaped around being the heavy kid uh you know 250 pounds for a 10 year old is is pretty big uh so that that was kind of my my entire life has been being the chubby kid so i it's interesting trying to quantify it and trying to think like, oh, what, what kind of person would I be if I wasn't? But I, I, I guess, okay. So my journey kind of turned into 
being the funny fat kid, right? And that's something that everybody who is the fat guy can kind of relate with is being the funny person. Um, and I happened to really grasp onto that and I, I turned that into my focus and, and my way out um, and my career now. Um, uh, so that that kind of started in the early years, so around elementary school, um, fifth grade, I started doing shows and stuff. I, I would do, it started off with like the, the little elementary shows, um, and then I started doing summer camps and theater camps and, and uh, growing from there. Uh, I, I guess throughout my my early childhood and and kind of middle school i i always felt like this is who i was like i just am the fat kid i i never i never learned how to eat i never learned anything differently there since i i started gaining at such an early weight i even my parents you know we we always thought that i was the I was just the fat kid and and these are my genes you want to blame it on your genes or you want to blame it on uh, something that I I actually message you is and it's kind of ironic is I'm not really a religious person but I, I was raised Catholic uh, and something that I actually blamed my weight on and my gain on was God a lot uh, I was like not not like a, an anger, but just a, well, this, thanks God, this is what I got, you know, this is who I am. Uh, and, and it's interesting thinking that now, knowing way later, I, I didn't start my fitness journey until uh, 2014. Um, and by then I was, how old am I now? I'm 26 now. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's been six years, and no, I, I was just gonna say like, so up from like four five years old up until when I was twenty, I I just accepted that as my life. Like this is who I am. Um, highest weight that I recorded with a doctor, like going to visit, was. Um, 480 but I you can see photos of me where I was definitely above that um, I'm 511 and I I just watched a video of me last night um, and I I like take up an entire queen-size bed mm. uh, it's just it's interesting and and so Alex like looking at that like because I thought that was interesting like you know, the propensity to blame, you know, external forces, you know, on yeah. your weight. But you also realized, you know, when you look on, look at it, like you were eating, like were, oh, were yeah. other, were other people big in your family or was it just that you had developed those habits? Like, where do you think that came from for you? Um, they, a little larger, but nothing close to my side. Like my dad is a, He's a type two diabetic. I think the highest he got up to was three hundred pounds, um, but that was when I was younger. Um, so maybe, maybe I latched onto those habits. Uh, 
one thing that that I don't think I've heard I, I've heard a couple people talk about it but it it's definitely a cause for me is like school lunches and how much you're able to get away with eating there because they don't really quite nobody I can't recall anybody the entire time saying hey should you eat that much uh, you know because they would just give you like your little from elementary school on you have your like student ID code and you you pay for whatever you want to grab um, so I remember doubling up on lunches then I would get ice cream uh, all through high school we had something called going to brown town and that would be when you buy this like really decadent brownie that they had at my cafeteria and everybody at my lunch table go hey you're going to brown town i was like oh yeah yeah i got a one-way ticket to brown town right now and then whenever whenever i got a driver's license or my friends were able to drive for school lunches i remember we went to God almighty, we went to McDonald's every day, uh, especially during like the Monopoly times. And I would get two McDoubles, a large fry, and a large soda for lunch. This was just lunch, um, which isn't that big of a uh, in order, but then you consider the fact that I, I would have like something rowdy for breakfast. Uh, I'm Latino, so I, I would have a lot of refried beans, potatoes, tortillas, um, just straight carbs every morning. Um, and then fast food or something for dinner. And, and I never questioned any of it. I honestly thought like, oh, this is just, because you also use the justification of like, oh, so-and-so friend is really skinny and they eat really bad, you know, or, or you use the – like I, I did a lot of sports growing up too. I, I did a lot of football, baseball, um, basketball, all throughout elementary school and middle school. And then in middle school, eighth grade was when I, I stopped. So you use the justification of like I'm working out so much. I'm uh, My other friends can wolf down so much and, and they're really thin. So I must just not be made to be skinny. You know, uh, and I, I think that's, it's irresponsible, but I did not think of it that way. My entire, honestly, my entire right. childhood, I, I just was like, oh, this is just who I am. Well, and uh, it sounds like we're at any point, like had your family just kind of accepted that's who you were or, or was there, you know, any, any attempts to put you on diets or was it more just this was the way Alex is and uh, he'll grow out of it eventually. And eventually you, you just kept growing into it. Uh, I, I think there, there was definitely a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes. Um, I didn't necessarily know about it, but I, I remember um, one of the stories that my, mom has about me is that we went to the doctor and I, I had gained a bunch of weight. I don't know. This was probably around fourth or fifth grade. And the doctor goes, you're, you're feeding him too much. I don't remember this, but she does vividly. And 
and the doctor holds up his hand and the size of a fist uh, and he goes feed him this much broccoli every once in a while <laughs> As, and she was you know of course offended by that but I, I think there's a lot of like negligence and there's a lot of well we don't know what to do um, but, you know, I, I, I love my parents a lot and, and they love me a lot. And I, I think there's a lot of enabling that goes into that. Um, but I, I do know they cared They they, they cared and they just didn't necessarily know how to bring it up. Um, I, I took a diabetes test in like sixth or seventh grade. I remember that. Um, I'd be in and out of gyms with different trainers, um, trying to help out and different, all kinds of different diets that I would never stick to. So, so one of the things that, that this also reminds me of is like the idea of believing that you can't lose weight, right? So I did, I believe that this was who I was. I believe that like I am just destined to be this larger guy, you know, be it God, be it the universe, what have you, be it genes. So there's also a doubt that comes along with that where you're like, well, I am in like, there's no point in me doing this diet because I am incapable of losing weight. I am just going to gain the rest of my life. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, no, I think that I think that makes sense, man. Because like, it it's not like, in general, our parents are taught how to handle you know a, a child's weight problem. Yeah, like the advice they like you said, the advice from the doctor is you know feed him this much broccoli every so often. Like, how on yeah. how how on earth is that preparing a parent to deal with you know a two hundred and fifty pound ten year old or a, a, was it like you were almost 400 pounds at 15 like how does how does that prepare them for to deal with that so as as concerned as they can be it's almost like they're they're paralyzed by not really knowing especially you know when a lot of that eating starts to get out of their control like i think that's one of the things i find funny when people talk about children with weight problems is you know the the, the caveat across the, the, the board when you especially you look in like the fitness Instagram or Facebook spaces, well you're the parent, you control the food. And right. I remember being very much in control of what I was eating when I was like eleven. Like it wasn't like I was twenty two and all of a sudden that was when I started to make my own food choices. Like, you know, my, my mother could put, you know, a healthier meal in front of me and I could get up from the table and say I'm going outside to play and go right to the corner store and buy more food. Like, it's it's not like th- you're in a, a, a vacuum. You know, you're, yeah. in a, you're in a controlled vacuum. Like, there's so many other factors at play. Like, you know, oh, did, did your mom know, you know, it wasn't like your mom was driving you to McDonald's every day at school. Like, let's, you know, sitting outside yeah. waiting to pick you up and drive you to get your McDoubles. Like, you were making those choices. Oh, man. And... God, just thinking like the smorgasbords we would have at lunch every day. I I remember there's this <laughs> there's this one time in middle school where uh, one of my friends Victor, we 
I, I, I would get like two chicken sandwiches every day and chips. And then I would go to Brown town, um, Brown town at this, at my middle school. And, and they also had slushies that we would get every day. Um, and I, I had eaten all my food and I poured like the last bit of crumbs of the chips out on the tray. And I started picking at the crumbs and my, my friend Victor goes, dude, you're going to eat again. You, you don't need to eat those crumbs, man. Uh, yeah, th there's just so many things like that. Um, and, and you could get into coping, you could get into like emotional comfort, but I, I don't, I don't want to say I, I didn't associate food with emotional comfort because I, I don't think I, I've thought that out clearly enough. Uh, but I definitely ate to almost in a self-sabotaging way. Like I'm not going to lose weight, so I, I might as well keep eating as much as I want. There was no effort on my part to ever lose that weight. Um, just because I didn't believe it could happen. And, and I don't think, I don't know, have you heard of other people thinking in a very similar way? I like to say like there's, there's so, you know, there, there's so many different roads that, that lead us all to the same place. Right. You know, so where one person might have, you know, like I look at like what drove my eating can be different than what drove someone else's. But I think there, there, there has, you know, that there's commonality there in what you're saying to, to, to other stories I've heard. Right. Yeah. And it, it I'm, I really enjoyed, you know, finding podcasts like this and hearing from other large people. Um, I, I, I don't consider those like those 250 pounders, like those are not large boys. You know, when they go from 250 to 200, I'm like, yeah, that takes a lot of work and I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, I respect that. But I'm like, you're not a big boy, you know. You, if you're not above that 400 number, uh uh there's 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 like a different there's different levels there and and that's and, and i'll say because i'll it's funny because i've had guests say that before yeah and i honestly i get hate mail uh, hey you know i get i get people mad at me but i think the what the reality is is like we all have we all have different mountains to move in our lives yeah. and some of them are bigger than others and as in the moment it can seem just as daunting to that person who's lived at, you know, 250 pounds their whole life, you know, at and seen that as like this enormous weight. And then I, you know, I talked to the next guest, you know, when they get down to 170 and it changed and it literally changed their life and it did these amazing things for them. But then I talked to someone who was 500 pounds, 600 pounds. And the reality of life when you're 480 pounds or 540 pounds is different. It's, it's, and it's, I think one of the things we have to be okay with is acknowledging that difference and acknowledging that the challenges are different. And I even look at it now as a coach, you know, when I work with someone who's got 50 pounds to lose versus someone who has 250 pounds to lose, you know, there's, there's a lot more work that has to go into preparing someone for a journey that's going to take years 
than a journey for someone that's going to take six months to a year. Like the work is just, it's the same. Like I break it down. Maybe this metaphor doesn't work, but it's like building a house. And if you're building a shed, you still have to do the work to build the shed. But if you're building a five bedroom house, that's a bit different of a situation. Like the, the work that has to be done is different and it's going to take blueprints and it's going to take materials to do both jobs. But the actual work that is done in the end, might it's still hammering and nails and leveling and, and all of that. But the, the amount of work and the type of work that ends up needing to be done can be different. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. And I think it's okay to say that the experiences are different. Like someone who is like, like I even honestly look at like, I've talked to a lot of guys, you know, not that I want this to become this episode to become about me. But, you know, I was over 200 pounds when I was 10 as well. When I, but I'm also significantly older than you. Um, you know, I'm 20 years older than you. So when I was 200 pounds at 10 years old, there was literally no one else within 100 pounds of my weight. Like, oh, within, yeah, like within like five cities. Like, it, it, you know, it's almost like you're, you're a medical marvel, you know, at that point. Like... <laughs> It, and I look at like when I crossed 300 pounds in high school, you know, I was bigger than most of the guys in the football team. But you look at schools now, like let's not even talk about when you were in school. Like let's talk about school right now. If you went to a, a you know, a, a middle school with 500 to 1,000 kids and said, I need to know how many kids here, you know, in the in the fifth and sixth grade weigh over 200 pounds, you'd hear a lot more than one or two. You know, you'd see a lot more like the that the experience of being 200 pounds at 10 years old is different now, you know, is the way our culture has changed and our society has changed, like to enable the behavior. But it all just goes back to that idea that we can have some commonality, but there is still something to be said about what life is like when you're that large. And just even the monumental task of trying to figure out how you're going to change life when you're that large, like just, how do you even get started when you know you've got so far ahead of you that there is no there's no rest coming for years you know there's no break there's no there's there's no getting off the grind and, and yes i mean we know semantics you know there are times where we take breaks and things along those lines but i mean you know you're not looking at it's not a 30 day shred to get ready for a wedding you know it's not i want to drop one shirt size to get ready you know for a bachelor party or something along those lines. Like when it's about, I don't want furniture to break when I sit down. I don't want, I don't want my bed to creak when I'm in it and be worried that it's going to break. I want to know I can fit into every car. I want to know that I can use the toilet at my friend's house without having to explain why I broke the seat. Like the, the, what you're dealing with is just different. And I think it's okay. We have to be okay with it being different. So anyone out there listening who's saying, who thinks that when we talk about this stuff <laughs> that we're targeting, because I, I have had, I've, I've had some people very emotionally no, reach out and say, it. you know, you're, you're de- you know, I was 275 pounds and you're devaluing my experience. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm, I'm saying. What I'm saying is that our experiences are different yeah. and it, it sucks for And it's everybody. not better. Like, and let's be realistic. Like, it's not like you're coming on here to say, I win the prize for being 480 pounds at 20. Like, no, you're not, not we're not, cla- I'm not claiming, you know, I don't claim that I, you know, being 500 pounds was something that I should lord over someone else and be like, 
well, hey, you weren't really fat. Like, I, I almost want to say, you know, I, I had a discussion with one person about this, and I said, I want you to be happy that you don't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's you know, a good way of putting it. I want, you, I want you to realize that it's a good thing that you don't know the context I'm putting this into. I guess it's, it's um, to phrase it better from, from my perspective, it's, it's just nice for someone like me to see that there were other people like me, you know, like you and, and Alex Poro and possible Pat kind of. Uh, possible Pat's one of the first people that I found uh, that you're like, oh, yeah, you – I thought this was like a dirty secret that I had, like this this – over 450 existence the the bathroom rodeo the looking for booths that you'll fit in the the oh man i i have to sit in this specific desk at in this specific corner of the classroom otherwise i'm going to be hugely embarrassed and, um and that's it like in one of my early episodes i talk about what life was like at 540 pounds and it was not easy to tell that story but I, I remember getting to the point where I talked, like you mentioned the bathroom. I talked about the bathroom. Yeah. And I talked about. That was you. like one of your first episodes. Yeah, right? it was like episode yeah. two or three. And I talked about the fact that I used to carry with me kitchen spoons in, in Ziploc bags so that I could reach to wipe myself if I was in public. And I remember sharing that and being like, this is where people are either going to get hooked into this story <laughs> or they're going to be like, what kind of weirdo mutant is he? And I, yeah. I honestly probably got in the neighborhood of two dozen messages after that episode dropped, specifically saying, oh, my God, I used to do the same thing. Man. And they and they, you know, and then they follow that up with, I never realized anyone else did it, too. Yeah. And that's the powerful thing. Like, I think that's when I talk to someone and they tell me that they don't have a story to tell. I'm like, you have a story to tell that's going to resonate with more people than, you know. Yeah, just just those little things. Um, it, it's important. It's not to get cheesy, but it, it's hope it's, for those people. It certainly is, man. And and you're <coughs> one of the things you talked about was like you're you developed as a lot of us did. You know the class clown persona, the the funny fat guy. But you didn't just kind of develop that as a hobby. You turned that into a passion and a profession. When you were oh, in high yeah, school, I doubled down on right, uh, and it's it's interesting uh, that idea also goes along with the idea that I thought I was destined to be overweight my whole life. Is I was like, oh, this is the trade-off. This is the thing that the universe, and this isn't what I still believe, but. At the time, like I, I can remember what it was like and thinking, oh, I am this overweight because I'm going to go down this this performance path. You know, that's that's the price you got to pay essentially. Um, which I don't know if that's healthy. Uh, probably not, but that's what it was. Um, well, I th- yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those things we put into place because we have to. It, it enables it enables the behavior to continue, right? Without having to challenge the status quo, without having to challenge that that life that we've built for ourselves. 
Yeah. Instead of thinking like, oh, maybe I should be a little healthier. You're like, no, 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 no. This is what I'm supposed to do. It's okay. Well, unless unless be realistic, because you know, I do want to get into where this took you because I think that's interesting and, and exciting on, on your side, but also, you know, will be interesting for people to hear about, like, let's be realistic. Like there is that stereotype out there that if someone is larger and they're considered funny, that if they lose the weight, they're not funny anymore. And so it's almost like that pressure is put on people yeah. to stay bigger. And, you know, it's something I know that, you know, Ethan Supley, Supley, I always mispronounce it, um, yeah. talks about a lot on his podcast, you know, what it was like for him, you know, the fact that he ended up at one point intentionally regaining some weight because he was like, I'm just not getting the work that I should have been getting. You know, pe- yeah. people are coming at him and saying, well, you know, you were better when you were bigger. Like, so I, I think there's that undercurrent there. I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying that's where your head went right away, but I, I think that's, that's a natural assumption that, that is out there culturally, you know. I know you said that, you know, a lot of ways, you know, your experience resonated with Chris Farley. Like, that's something he talked openly about, like how, you know, his experience as as the funny fat guy was what, in a lot of ways, defined his experience, you know, defined his career and those moments we remember. And so I, I think that's a natural progression in our heads. Yeah. At the same time, it's a natural progression because it enables the behavior to continue it enables us to protect our behavior by buying into it yeah and and like i said i don't know if that's healthy or not but that's what happened i mean it's certainly literally not healthy uh but i you touched on like losing the weight makes you not funny anymore and, and that is exactly where my head went um whenever I, I first started my journey is I, I started thinking like, Oh, I'm like, it's not. So I, I, most of my comedy background comes from improv comedy. That that's really the, the road that I went down. So I trained at UCB, did shows at second city, um, groundlings. Um, and I over, you know, the past, whatever, 15 years, I started doing improv around 10 or 12. Uh, You learn how to manipulate an audience. You learn how to, uh, to work with other people and, and kind of like what works for you as a comedian, what, what makes you funny specifically. And that is something that I, I started to get scared and, and I felt like it was happening maybe it wasn't but in my head like i I started thinking like oh i'm not as funny i'm when whenever you're you're so at you know 480 plus you're able to command an audience just by standing there you take up so much space and and you're you're you can either come off as really intimidating or you can come off as like really friendly and jolly and, you know, the funny guy. And I would be able to just walk on stage and say four words and, and get everybody roaring. And I always attributed that to my size. So when I started to lose the weight, I it it's kind of one of those endless loops where you're like, 
I'm I'm not as funny, so then you aren't as funny. So then you start going, well, maybe I'm not as funny, and then you become less funny. And it's really just because you told yourself you're not as funny. Like maybe you're not taking as many risks because you think you're not funny. Um, and, and I started to see that in performances. Um, luckily, I'm not completely on the other side of that tunnel yet, um, especially with uh, – I, I actually just started getting back into comedy and performing more right when this pandemic started. Um, so, which kind of was a bummer because I, I was getting excited about performing again and, and growing again after being on the fitness journey for a while. Um, but there is a point where it clicked where I was like, no, I'm just like, you, you kind of have to take your ego out of it and just go like, you're either going to be funny or you're not, you know? And, and you do have that, um, you do have that skill set to make people laugh. You're not not funny. Don't tell yourself you're not funny anymore because you're not fat. That's crazy. Um, you you worked all that time to get to a level where you are funny, and you can work an audience in a sense. But um, yeah, it's just interesting the transitions that no, take I, place. I think it definitely is. And so let's talk about how the transition you know, that happened for you professionally, your, your senior year of high school was, was kind of where your, one of those kind of big moments came for you, wasn't it? Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, so all throughout high school, I, I, I was doing the LA thing. I was auditioning for random things, uh, different TV shows, different movies. Some, some went on to be something, some didn't. Um, and I, I didn't really, I, I did like a couple indie things throughout high school. Um, nothing major. Uh, I got excited about the very first paid check was a hundred dollars. And I was like, man, this is great. I made it baby. Uh, which is great in, in high school money. Um, but then the, the first big thing that I got was, uh, grown-ups too at the end of my senior year um and that was a that was a milestone that was really cool um that made me feel validated and in, in everything that i had experienced and and like oh this is it, it's definitely my path you know sandler himself thinks i'm funny these people think i'm funny uh dennis dugan the director uh it it was cool. Um, it was like this is this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing, baby. You made it, sucker. Um, and uh, anybody in the film industry knows, like, uh, <laughs> just be thankful for the times that you are booking. Just just be really excited and thankful because there's a there's a lot of downtime coming, my friend. Uh, that's just the way it works. Oscar-winning actors will not work for years. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Uh, so, so that happened. Uh, I, I was still living in San Antonio. I, I had sent in a, a, a self tape, and they liked it. So I, I, I actually flew out for another audition for it. I don't know. It probably only aired for one season. It was the the Nick Cannon sketch show for Cartoon Network, Incredible Crew. Do you remember that at all? 
I I flew out for that, and since I had sent the tape in, the uh, the grown-ups casting directors are like, "Oh, well, if you're here, come on by." And I, and I was actually more excited about the Incredible Crew thing, which ended up not being anything. Um, the the writing wasn't very funny to me. The the sketches themselves weren't very funny. Um, performers are good, but it, it it's just the way it went. Uh, but at the time, I was really excited about that. So I I was like, yeah, I'll 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 go over. And I I did the the callback for the grownups thing, and and they liked me a lot. Uh, and they said to stick around. So then I. Uh, I went into the lot to meet Sandler and and uh, uh, Dennis Dugan and Alan Covert. He, you you see him in all the movies. He's the lead in Grandma's Boy. Uh, went in to meet those dudes. They thought I was really funny. And and then uh, the the final the final test was a, a table read. The most intimidating thing. I've ever done. Uh, I I had been staying at a hotel in LA for a week, and and the city itself is already very intimidating. I uh, I was just a Texas boy, and it you know it's a very figure conscious, physique conscious city. Uh, so I, I felt like a fish out of water. So I just stayed in my hotel the whole time, uh, and. They had a final table read with the entire cast and crew, um, room full of, you know, David Spade's there, Tim Meadows, uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, God, there's so many people in that movie. Um, anyway, so it, it was like, oh, this is, this is like an opportunity where I, 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 uh, get to be funny. I get to do my thing and, and you know, heart beating like crazy before I read my first line. Uh, and then I, I read the first line and boom, got a big laugh. And I was like, okay, cool. Smooth sailing, baby. Like this is, I'm, I'm in my comfort zone. This is awesome. Um, then got the next day was the flight back. And I, I got a call like right as I was about to fly home and the, 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 airline attendants they were all getting mad at me because i was on the phone i was like oh my god you don't understand like i'm i'm on the phone this is like the best news i've ever heard in my entire life please and they yelled at me and i was like all right i gotta go and i, I hung up and uh found out that i had booked it uh that was cool it was it was um it was a real bright spot oh yeah and <laughs> and I'm sure there's people out there listening right now that have seen the movie. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, what'd you think? Maybe, yeah, I know. Like, send send DMs now. Leave a review for this episode and review of the movie. Um, yeah. What I'm really curious about, because like you started to hit on it, you know, L.A. What L.A. is like when you're bigger. Um, oh, I yeah. actually I lived in Long Beach for a year. You know, and oh, cool. I my sister was in San Diego. I was living in Long Beach with friends and learned that there's there it's it is like when you're when you're 500 pounds walking around when you're you know walking around downtown LA at 500 pounds, you know, it's it's almost like you expect 
a security force to come out of nowhere and be, you know, yeah. kind of usher, like usher you out of the way. Like, you don't belong here. Say we get into the van. There's a bag of popcorn waiting for you. Like, let's go. Come on. Yeah. You know, like we want to get you, you know, the, the stores are asking if we could get you off the street. You know, you're, yeah. uh, you're affecting business. You're today. devaluing us. Yeah. Right you're, now, there, there are, there are some people who just aren't happy seeing you yeah. walk around. Like, could we do something? Is there any way you could not be, just not be, please leave. Yeah, just please leave. Just don't exist. Please. We've heard, we've heard great things. Have you thought about going out to the mountains or maybe to Palm yeah. Springs? Go to Palm Springs for a while. I hear um, Bakersfield is nice. Yeah. There, there are a lot of great suburbs that you should check out. Yeah. But what, so what is it like? So that's the thing is like, I'm curious about like, you know, knowing, having this great, you know, having that experience, which is, you know, fantastic. Like, and, and then I also chuckle because I was watching. I hate when I admit that I actually have the TikTok app on my phone. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's a dude on TikTok that I follow, and uh, he is another actor, you know, dealing with the downtime of of COVID, and so obviously everyone's trying to make their fame on TikTok. Yeah. But he he had a video the other day where it's like, you know, the first part is like supposed to be him at a party, and someone says, "Oh, you're an actor. You must lead this very exciting life," and then it cuts to him at home you know, sitting in a sweatshirt on the couch, eating ice cream, watching TV. And then the, the kind of the, the, the sign on top says, this is what most days of my life are like. Um, yeah. You know, like this idea that you go from, you know, you're either working or then you're not working and then you're not working and then you're working and not working. Like, what was it like to be a larger body in that environment and in that, like in that world per se, you know, I mean, I know it sounds kind of, egotistical to call it a world but to exist in the entertainment space you know as a bigger person like what was your experience with that um it it's always been um i for the most part like for the longest time i i had such a big i ego sounds strong but it, it it was a strong it was it was a big ego about performing and and like uh in the comedy world and in auditions like oh i'm so great i'm gonna go in and and like i'm i'm this special huge kid i'm gonna do my thing uh and and the interesting thing is like it, it knocks you on your ass you're like oh you have an ego oh dude uh, here's the thing about LA, like you're not, this LA has a a hundred percent record of winning. You're not going to be the one who beats it, you know? Uh, so you, you got to figure out how to be comfortable out there. And unfortunately, uh, for the first like year and a half in LA and this attributed to probably the largest portion of my weight gain um i stayed home a lot you you feel uncomfortable walking around la you feel uncomfortable so so in the audition rooms and stuff i'd feel very comfortable i do my thing and i leave but outside of that i didn't or outside of performing at, at ucb or, or taking classes or whatever i would stay home all day um i i didn't do anything i, I would eat massive amounts of food with my roommates, uh, and, and I would stay home and play video games and, and watch more comedy. That's all I did 
for the first year and a half because I, I was scared to be out and about in the world and, and it was intimidating as much as I tried to act like it, it wasn't for me. Um, and then there's, there's another little thing where, uh, with the discovery of marijuana, um, have, I don't think I've heard another guest talk about that taking up a large part of their life. Have they? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I've had a guest. I, I had one guest talk very frankly about um, drug addiction, but it wasn't marijuana. Um, okay. Yeah. As far as marijuana use goes, like, I, I don't think it's it's funny because a lot of the guys that I've talked to on the show, you know, a lot and for a lot of a lot of guys like I, this conversation is one of our first real kind of like in-depth conversations. And then I get to know them better after and right. you find out that they're raging stoners. And <laughs> it never came up at all during the interview, you know, at all. So it's uh, and the one of the, I can think of one person specifically who's probably going to listen to this and laugh his, his butt <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't. It, it hasn't been something that that people have have really kind of talked about as as a part of their experience yet. The only reason I am bringing that up is because I I do see it as something that really contributed to weight gain towards the end, like right before I started my fitness journey, because I. I was I was straight edge my whole life. I, I besides eating very poorly, I never drank, um, never did any drugs of any kind throughout school, uh, and and right after booking, you know this thing that I had experienced. It's not really that big in 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 the scheme of things, but so I, I had just moved out to LA and I was like, you know, I'm going to try some things, and I I ended up really getting into marijuana that sounds so formal uh the, the ganj yeah. so the the devil's lettuce uh and and so what you're saying is you did the marijuana i did the marijuanas oh, multiple wow. mm. um and you know i'm, I'm not gonna lie it, it made food amazing oh my i had never experienced anything like that uh Food was so friggin' good. Uh, so I, I would just do that. I'd stay home, I'd smoke, I'd eat food, and then I, th- I wouldn't uh, smoke at all for auditions or shows because that was something that I was really that I, I wouldn't be funny or I wouldn't be performing my best if I was high. But whenever I was home, it was like an excuse to... And and anybody who smokes knows like when when you when you start the day by smoking you end up going justifying all day saying well I'm I'm high I'm gonna stay home <laughs> so I I did that almost every day uh, and there's there's a little place called Foster's Freeze shout out to Foster's Freeze um, in L A. It's like it's it's like a Dairy Queen, but better, um, just better ingredients, better quality Papa John's. Uh, they they would have these rowdy, basically blizzards and and you know, double cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches, all kind of stuff, and and they delivered, my friend. Uh, so I would smoke and and I would eat that multiple times a day. Um, Wait, so you could get ice cream delivered? 
Oh, yeah, this was before Postmates, too. It was... In, in Fat Guy World, that, that was a miracle. That was a blessing. Uh, and it was nice. It is that that's something that that I kind of think about too. Like food is like that never goes away. I still love food. Food is still awesome. It's so delicious. Um, it's just about like learning how to actually eat and knowing what you need. Um, to are are you hearing those saws? No, I think that's that's there's someone trying to get into your house. Yeah, I'm, my neighbor's been like fixing his backyard for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. No, I think you're, uh, I think you're right. Food is like, it's one of those, it's one of those things. Like I think even for a long time, I tried to say, you know, I, I don't like food anymore. You know, I am cured of the food. And the, the reality is like, it's, I was saying this to someone you know, a couple of weeks ago where, You'll see people, you know, especially, you know, people that have gone through weight loss transformations and they'll, they'll, they'll sit there kind of on their Instagram stories or in a video or something along those lines. Um, and they'll say, you know, now today I don't even think about chocolate anymore. You know, if I had a piece of chocolate, I would find it disgusting. I could never even, I could never eat, a yeah. Reese, I could, I could never eat a Reese's <laughs> yeah, cup again. Right. And I'm like. I always say, like, my instinct is 99% of the time, you are, my friend, are a filthy, dirty liar. Yeah. You, you are a liar. Or we are in the middle of some kind of pod person invasion, and you have been replaced by another human being. Because these foods are engineered to be delicious for reasons. And, and I, and it, like, but I said, I, I think you're right. Like, and, and I think I said this in a post yesterday on Instagram. Can I say Instagram another time? Um, we start. We, we what we realize is though there are some foods that aren't actually food. You know, they're not. They're not giving our bodies anything except the fun moment or the or the taste. Really, I guess taste is better. Like it's giving you kind of that pleasure, that pleasurable taste, that pleasurable eating moment. And there are some people. I I guess there are probably some people that can break themselves of that forever. Uh, I don't think I ever will. Like. I've had people like I'm big in keto and I've had had some people say to me, you know, I've heard that if you go keto, you never crave food again. You're never hungry. And I'm like, well, like, oh, you're just is, setting yourself up. To that fail. is not true. I'm like, yeah. what you what you realize is like one. Yes, your your hunger is going to change. It's going to evolve. It's it's not going to be a, it might not be as you know, I used to be hungry 24 seven like I'm not anymore. But do I have those moments where I'm really, you know, I have that old hunger there. It does happen. But I am just better equipped to handle it now, you know, mentally and mindset wise and, you know, realizing what it, what my body might be saying in those moments besides just, okay, let's, let's get a pound of peanut butter M&Ms and go to town. Like, let's, let's get a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Like, I, I try to listen to the signals different and I try to interpret things differently. But like you said, food is still good food. You know, there's, there's so many people like, and I have a lot of friends, you know, in this, this fitness space that want to hammer home that you should see food just as fuel that because like I lived my life seeing food as entertainment, you know, and it was only entertainment. It was not fuel. It was entertainment. And I like to think that there's a place in between 
There's a place where your where food can be fuel, but it's fuel that you enjoy. You know, you can still you can still enjoy food. We can still have these moments where it's it's okay to realize that like we developed as societies because people came together over food. You know, the hunter the hunter gatherers looking for food together. You know, celebrating right. meals, sharing meals. You know, like go into history and look at that. Like that that ritual of sharing a meal can be really important and it doesn't have to be something you take out of your life forever. It's just how you handle it and what choices you make during those times and how we react to them. We don't let them become defining moments anymore. Like, yeah, you know, like my, my trip to the drive through at McDonald's should not be as special as a birthday dinner, you know, for my 90 year old grandmother. Like those are two different things. Right. Like those are two very different things. And I think that's when you think about a quote unquote normal relationship with food people know the difference when you have that kind of twisted abnormal relationship with food, you get as excited about that donut with your coffee in the morning as you do about going to, you know, the finest restaurant, you know, in the city to make a marriage proposal happen. Like there there's levels and yeah, but and the same goes for the opposite direction too, right? Like demonizing it. Like oh, this is exactly. It's all about balance. Yeah. I mean like food isn't, there, there's food that is not doing anything for your body, and there's food that damages. You know, there's things we eat that damage our bodies. Yes, I'll, I'll agree to that. But food doesn't have an essence to it. Like it doesn't have morality. It doesn't have personality. And like you're saying, like by demonizing food, we we take some of our own responsibility away from the choices we make with it. Yeah, I'm. My ears always perk up anytime I hear anything that's like too extreme to either side where, where it's like they're 100% bad food is bad and good food is good. And like, no, there, there really is no good and bad. It's just kind of like, what do you want and what is best for right now? Are you, do you really need to go right now? Or are you just hungry because you haven't eaten? And if you eat, you know, a lean protein and some vegetables, you'll probably be just as satiated after that. That brown town is not the thing that you need. Um, I'm doing my best not to crack up every time you say the words brown town. (laughs) I love it, man. You you can take that. I I know it's about a brownie, but I I feel like there's other, you know, other more bowel-related things that could be happening with that. You know, I'm I'm going to That's the thing. Yeah. It, you're going to Brown Town, and that's your ticket, right? So you you got to buy the ticket, and then later you go to Brown Town. That's why you're going to Brown Town. Oh goodness, this is uh, this is more this is this is more than I'd asked for. I think it, I bit off more than I could chew talking to you about this. I really think <laughs> I did. So we're we're going off on some great tangents, um, but. You have, you know, you did start a journey, you know, talking about food and food choices and all of that. Like you, you hit a point where you decided it was time for you to make a change, man. Take us into what brought you to that. So the, the thing let's, let's get into what kind of got me started. Uh, I, I like you, I, I did a, a first bout with weight loss where I lost a bunch of weight and then I gained a whole bunch back and then I started my second journey essentially. I guess it's all the same thing where I 
got down to where I am now. So the way the first part started was I, this was after uh, about a year and a half of living out in LA. I had been living in that fast food home, smoking weed, doing comedy world existence. And I, I came home to watch my, not to do this, but while I was home for Christmas, um, I, my old friends from my high school who are now seniors were putting on a show. Uh, I don't even remember what it was, but I, I remember sitting in the audience and, and it, something, I was watching them and, and thinking like, what am I doing here? Uh, in a sense, and, and something just clicked where I was like, I, I'm, I'm huge. I, I don't fit in this seat at, in my high school audience. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to do something different. Whatever it doesn't, I, I don't care what it is. It just has to be different. And, and I remember the next day just asking my parents, Hey, can we get, um, can we go to the the healthy grocer here? I think they're called Sprouts now, but it, at the time it was called Sun Harvest here in San Antonio. Uh, and we, I just got like whatever I thought was healthy. I, I, I remember buying salmon and I bought like some healthy trail mix that wasn't, it wasn't like the M&Ms and, and just raisins and almonds stuff. It was like, pumpkin seed, goji berry. It was like fancy, you know, sprouts type stuff. Uh, and I, I set aside like a handful of that for a snack and I had two or three of those in a day. And then I, I had salmon and then I told myself I'm, I'm gonna start working out. Um, I, you're gonna have to forgive me just because my because of the imbibing in the the weeds, my memory is a little hazy, uh, and uh, that that is a a true stereotype. It does make you forget a lot of things, <laughs> uh, and especially at the time with how much I was smoking, it 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 did affect things. Uh, so I. I I just remember looking up the rock workouts um, and and there's like a specific one for I think it was Hercules that he did where it was like a, a seven day split essentially where it's like one day is arms, the next day is shoulders and abs, the, the day after that is like, it was something like, something that I wouldn't recommend to a beginner at all now. Um, so I started myself on that and I asked my parents if we could go to the park and we would walk, uh, it's, it's called Hardburger Park. It's named after one of our mares in, in San Antonio. Uh, it's a very flat trail. So it was really easy, uh, for someone like me at that weight. So I would walk that every day and I started doing these, the rock workouts, I was probably doing them terribly. Um, I'm lucky that I didn't injure myself. Uh, I, 
I specifically something that everybody talks about is like feeling um, embarrassed to go to the gym for the first time, but I, I really didn't feel that. Um, I I didn't think about it. I didn't think like I I thought of it as like, well, I'm here to work out. Like I, I know I'm fat. That's why I'm here. Um, so I don't remember being embarrassed at all for starting. Um, if anything, I'd be embarrassed about my form on those workouts now. Uh, and I, I just started doing that and I did that for about a month. And I remember for the first time after, I didn't weigh myself the entire time. I didn't have a scale that could. Um, I remember um just doing that consistently every day and and then at the end of this month I had gone to the doctor and I weighed myself and I was around 460 and that just that was what's the opposite of devastating um that was the first time that I had ever experienced weight loss in my entire life. I, I was 20 years old at this point, 19 or 20. And that was the very first time I had ever seen a number go down. I was like, oh, it is possible. And I, I remember crying at that. Uh, and I, I say the opposite of devastating because it didn't, it was just so overwhelmingly positive. It was like, oh, this. And at the same time, it was also overwhelmingly painful because it was like this entire time I've been doing this to myself, this entire time it, it wasn't my destiny to always be this very large dude. What? what have I done? And also let's go, you know? Um, and very shortly after this, I, I discovered juicing. Um, I, I started, you know, watching whatever health and weight loss documentaries I could get my hands on. And, uh, that was the one that, I, that really stands out that was the first one I was like, oh, I think because it offered the idea of like, oh, you could lose all your weight in 60 days and that's all it takes. Um, even though that's not necessarily the message in the movie, that's kind of the idea that it, it pushes. Uh, and for, for other big guys like us, like I, if you are looking for a solution, it is something and it's probably better than what you're doing, but it's also really not sustainable. That's not something you can do your whole life. Um, so I, I got on that and I would juice on and off, you know, one month on one month off. I, I would try to do the full 60 days, but I never could. Um, I'd have a break in between and I did that for about a year and a half until the summer of 2015. And I, I finally had done a 60 day bout of juicing for that the final 60 days until the the summer which was 
around July of 2015. And by then I had, I'd gone from 480 plus, whatever I was, down to 270. Uh, with, and, and the thing that I look back on now is like, like how much I would binge in between the juicing. So it's like, yeah, you're losing the weight, but you're also losing a lot of muscle mass and you have not fixed any of your, this is what I would tell myself then. Like you have not fixed anything in your mind. You, you've, you've found this thing that is, is almost in line with like a, uh, the, the words blanking me right now. What is it? Like a, an eating disorder, essentially, uh, where juicing, you're only getting in, I mean, I would have one fruit drink in the morning that would have, uh, pretty much all fruit. And then the rest of it would be like bitter, bitter vegetables, greens, beets. So, and those have very few calories. So I was taking in maybe 600 calories a day when I was juicing for these 30 day bouts. So yeah, you're losing a ton of weight, but God, that is not sustainable. It, that it was miserable. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't drink juice to this day. <coughs> um, and then uh, I finished that summer uh, with the juicing. I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. And then I, I moved into another uh, habit that was not sustainable, which is working out for like two or three hours a day. Um, I would do a minimum of an hour of cardio every day, uh, and then I, I was doing those the rock workouts. So uh, let me take it back a couple steps. When I was juicing, it was an excuse to not work out as well. It's like, well, I'm I'm not I'm not eating, so I shouldn't work out because I, I hated working out. I hated doing those the rock workouts the first like month or so of losing weight. Uh, so juicing was a way to lose weight and also not have to work out. So at the end of all this, I, I started doing the, or at the end of the, the juicing world, I started doing the hour long cardio and then the rock workouts again, which I, it was just so much working out. Like it was not fun. Um, I still didn't know how to eat. Um, still ate very poorly, but there comes another justification is you're like, well, I'm working out so much. Um, so then I, I should be able to eat whatever I want. So then uh, you just get tired of it. You just get tired of the working out. Um, so I stopped doing that probably a month or two into doing it. And then the, the binging, just eating the same way I was whenever uh, – I was 480 plus started happening again. Um, and then I would, I would go, Oh, I guess I should, I'm, I'm going to juice for another 60 days. I'm going to do this. And then I would juice for like three or four days, get tired of it. Then I would binge again. Uh, and I kind of did that over the next three years, just on again, off again, but not, not juicing enough to lose weight and definitely eating, enough to gain. So I did that for about three years and then 
in the summer of 2018, again, around July, I, I weighed myself for probably the first time, the entire time uh, in that three-year period. Uh, I, I knew I was gaining the whole time, but I was scared to look, and I, I, I just blew it off. I was like, nah, I'm, I, I didn't think I'm that big again. I, there's no way, and, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate because you, you gained a whole bunch back as well. Uh, where you're like, I, I just want to eat. I, and, and it, it didn't occur to me that I could gain that much weight again. And I, I got back up to 400. I weighed myself, uh, that morning in July and I had gotten back up to 400 and that, that was devastating. That was like, oh my God. You gotta be kidding me. Um, and then, and then it 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 clicked for me that I had to do something once again. I I I don't care what it is; it just has to be something different because juicing is not working for me. Um, those ridiculous workouts were not working for me, um, and. I'm going to be honest, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, a vanity thing where it's like, I want to look good as well. Like at the, at the end of my weight loss journey, you know, whenever I had gotten down to 270, I, I had very little muscle and I had a lot of loose skin. It, it didn't, it wasn't very flattering, even though I had, I had put in all that work. So I was like, I, I want to look good and, and to have a, a quote-unquote athletic body, you have to work out like that. So it, it clicked for me like, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's what I thought at, at the beginning of all this. So I, I had to figure out a way to, all right, what is, how can I find a way for me to work out consistently and sustainably that was the th that was my my mantra it has been since then what is what is a i don't like calling it a diet i like saying i learned how to eat um because a, a diet to me is something that is not sustainable a diet and and you know words mean different things to different people but to me my mind the word diet is associated with like about of of doing something eating at an irregular pattern, right? Like eating in a way that is, is temporary, a diet. Uh, so I, I had to figure out how to eat. I had to figure out um, what do I actually need? And, and this is when I, I started doing all my research on nutrition and, and macronutrients, micronutrients, understanding, you know, imagine me doing the the Zach Galifianakis like the math the beep boop 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 like figuring everything out understanding like oh what is total daily energy expenditure what is um what are what is DOMS why am I in so much pain the first time I work you know what is all of this uh and I gotta be honest Instagram not like it's hard to be honest about this but it Instagram helped me out so much um, there's so many good pages to follow, uh, and, and that's when I found uh, good old Poro, 
and uh, a possible Pat, and I saw what that they had done what I was trying to do, and especially Alex, you know, his name was Alex as well. He was around the same weight range as me, uh, and he got down to, uh, I, I heard this on the past three episodes, you don't want to pump up his ego, but sorry, brother, here we go. <laughs> I'm literally just sitting here like, oh, God, okay. I, <laughs> I, I'll have to let you know, in real life, he's a horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I believe it. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, he literally—I can't. Like, you should see. I'll, I'll, I'll screen. I'll send screenshots to you later. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, so, you know, we got to make him a little more horrible. We got to boost that ego a little more. Everybody loves a good ego. Uh, I, I related with him a lot, obviously, and and uh, he, he was also Latino, and and. It was like everything that he was laying down, I could pick up. I was like, okay, boom. So I'm going to do what this guy did. I, I'm, I'm going to do what so-and-so did. I, and I, I learned how to eat. I learned, I basically since then, I, the, the workout plan I've followed is, is 30 minutes of cardio, which is cut the time in half that I was doing before. Which it still sucks. Nobody likes cardio. Um, it it doesn't get better. It's always difficult, but your mindset certainly does. So, like I said, thirty minutes of cardio cut my time in half, um, and I I started a push pull legs routine. Um, one day off. Um, in between every time, and then. I will have a cheat day every once in a while, enjoy myself, um, and and in that, in this two year time span, I I also have had maintenance months, periods of maintenance. So I I could probably be lower than I am right now, but I I I feel like there, there's a, a million could be's and possibly's, but I I think the most important thing is this is something that I can maintain forever. Um, and especially with those little bouts of um, maintenance months, like where I I up my calories and I was able to see like what life would be like whenever I am quote unquote done. Uh, it it never ends, but I mean you get what I'm saying. Uh, and yeah. Uh, 255 as of this morning and uh you know the future's looking real bright uh well no it sounds like you know like what what i like hearing is you know you you found yourself you know in these cycles of, of things that were not working but you either wanted them to work or you wanted to keep them up because it allowed other behavior to continue, you know, the binging behavior, like that sort of thing, you know, working out to enable the eating behavior, like instead of getting into like the big picture of it all, like finding a way to get all of the pieces in line. And I think sometimes people want to focus, you know, they ask, you know, should I focus on food or should I focus on the gym? Should I focus on this or should I focus on that? When really the answer is, you eventually have to get yourself to a place that you're focusing on everything. You're seeing the big picture, the whole picture of all of your behavior, you know, 
And, you know, that even comes into play with drugs and alcohol use and all of those things. Like, how does it all play towards moving you towards the place you want to be with your health? Like, where, where, how does that all move you forward? And it sounds like, you know, you were able to then really start to dive into what you needed to, to put those pieces in place for yourself. Right. Yeah. And, uh, as, as far as like workout routine and, uh, the vanity of like wanting to look a certain way go that that's just my personal goal. But if I, so it's kind of embarrassing, but, uh, one of my, dreams if you will is like i i always looked up to like superheroes and stuff and and i specifically like it's been my goal since i started this uh this specific um part of the journey the past two years was i want to cosplay kratos uh, <laughs> uh i don't know if you're familiar with god of war i'm very old i think i know who you're talking about He's he's just like a really big intimidating dude. And that was supposed to be kind of like my quote unquote finish line for everything. Uh there's there's a lot of cosplays and of him and a lot of them are are like uh you know I I got to give you credit for for putting in the work and and making the costumes and trying but like their physiques don't necessarily look like a a god of war. Uh I'm and I, I wanted to realistically look like the God of War at the end of this. That sounds, it sounds bad. It sounds crazy, but you got to find a way to live. Am I right? <laughs> so, so that's, that's why I got into, uh, one of the reasons I got into like weightlifting and stuff. Well, I think it's at, at the beginning. It's good to have goals, man. It's good to, you know, and I think sometimes we look at, you know, there's going to be someone who's going to say, well, your goal should never be about looking a certain way. Um, obviously, resembling a video game character isn't like you're, you're realistically, you know, yeah. you're not, it's not like you're saying that's how you're going to walk down the street every day. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to pull it no. off is what you're saying. Like, but I, I think we, we all find different things to motivate us and different, you know, ways to focus that energy and things that are going to help us. Like for some people it's, it's ride a roller coaster, you know, you know, I've got, oh, I've had, I've, big one. I've had some people come, you know, but then it's like, I, I've had guys come on the show that, you know, I, I had one dude who was sitting in a chair and watched his daughter running towards the street and realized he couldn't get himself up out of the chair. Like wow, yeah. motivation is different for everyone, but the defining factor is that you have to have that motivation. You have to have something that you're working towards. And, you know, yeah, sometimes we set goals that don't end up being realistic for us, you know, right. You know, like I, I, I always have been like, Oh, you know, someday I would love to put on, you know, I'd love to put on the Superman suit, but I'm going to always, be, <laughs> I'm going to look more like a bearded Lex Luthor, no matter what I do, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm never going to be, I'm not, I'm never going to pull off a spit curl without a wig. Like, but having things to work towards is is important, and, you know, and I, I think it's fun. And I, I think the more fun you can have with it, the better. Like, I think when you can, you know, a lot of what we do is about life and death, especially when you're over well over 400 pounds and you got to go on to a health journey and 
you know, you've seen the loss and the regain and you know what that's like, like still being able to find the fun in what you're doing, I just think is really important because there's going to be days when it's not fun and you got to have those, those other moments that, that balance that out. Yeah. And, and obviously there's, there's nuance and like, that's not the end all be all goal in mind, but that that's the fun goal. And, and you mentioned roller coasters. That's, I don't know why I didn't even think of that, but that's a huge part of it for me. I'm a huge Disney fan, not the movies, but the theme parks. Um, love, love theme parks. Um, grew up, ours here is uh, Fiesta, Texas and SeaWorld. And there's like a specific point that I remember around fifth grade where I could no longer fit on the roller coasters, you know, 250 pound little uh, butter ball. And I, I was not able to ride things anymore. So for whatever, the next several years, I completely avoided theme parks and, and uh, even though it was something that I loved and that's something that I'm, just just gaining your life back gaining back the things that you you loved and and also like you get to try things now like now you're you flying on an airplane was something that was very difficult uh and so you would avoid it you know or it it doesn't matter it's just all the little goals there's all these big goals and all these little goals and it's just nice to achieve them you're right it's it's about, in a lot of ways, it ends up becoming about access and it becomes about being able to access opportunities, whether you, they're all opportunities you're going to pursue or not, you know that they're there, you know, and you know that you can actually take advantage of them if you want to. Right. Yeah. So it's what, what, you know, aside from Kratos, (laughs) where, where are things going for you now, man? What comes next? You know, uh, you're around 255 pounds. Like, where where are we headed? Uh, honestly, I just want the world to go back, or the United States anyway, to go back to some sort of normalcy. I it's it feels like the rest of this year is canceled. Um, crossing my fingers that it's not, but uh. You know, one of the things that I was really looking forward to is all the Halloween events coming up. Um, but that got canceled. Um, I was looking forward to, like I said at the beginning of the pandemic, getting more into comedy again. But like, that's that's been bad for for comedy theaters. They're closing down left and right. And uh, keeping my fingers crossed that there'll still be some. <laughs> Uh, when this is over, I mean, even even the biggest, you know, like Upright Citizens Brigade uh, and, and Groundlings are, they're having a lot of trouble, and and UCB had to close their their New York campuses. So I don't, all all my goals are kind of centered around performing again, and unfortunately, I don't see that as something that's going to be happening very soon. But in looking on the bright side this does give me more time to focus on health and working out and stuff um which i also enjoy doing um i i would like to eventually help other people the same way you are um i probably i 
I just get questions from friends and stuff now, and I, I like I like nerding out about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fun. That's awesome, man. I think that makes a lot of sense. So we've been talking for a while, and you know, kind of yeah. really have gone through a, a lot of your journey, man, and kind of where you know how you've got to where you are today, and I, I think that's it shows a resilience, you know, in terms of, you know, not just kind of what you came through, but the, your attack to your journey the past couple of years, like being able to keep it in focus and keep it going. So I I just think that's something really for you to be proud of, man. And I'm excited to see what comes for you in the future. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Definitely. And, um, I, I just also want to throw out there to people because I, um, what do I, how do I want to, what am I phrasing? I'm losing, now we're, we're at that time of day where I'm losing my words. It's five o'clock. I haven't had coffee in a while. Yeah, uh, same. I just, I, I want people to be able to find you and they don't just have to, <laughs> I, I, they, they don't just have to go to IMDB to check out, you know, your, your resume or, you know, um, find somewhere that is streaming grownups too. Like if they want to reach out and connect with you directly, Alex, how do people find you? Uh, Best place is going to be my Instagram. I, I started a, uh, a weight loss journey Instagram. I don't know how I'm, I'm feeling about that. Um, I, I'd say just just hit me up on my regular Instagram, which is my last name, Ponciosa, with S-A added at the end. There we go. And I'll make sure that there's, there's links to that in the show notes today. Alex, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for them? Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay, here we go, man. So question number one today, um, I feel like I have a sense of this one, but I'm also feeling like you could throw something at me out of, out of you know, a, a little bit of a curveball, which could be fun. Tell us, living or dead, Alex, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, poor, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Chris Farley, baby, 100%. I, when I saw your notes that you sent to me before the episode, I was like, he's going to pick Chris Farley. One, dude. Everyone picks Chris great, Farley. Great, funniest man of all time. Nobody funnier in history. I'm not going to start a fight with you, Alex, but I, I'm going to tell you, without John Candy, there would be no Chris Farley. You know, without John Candy, without John Belushi. Very true. But they, they created a comedy baby that I am so thankful existed. For sure, man. For sure. I'll let it go. I'll <laughs> let it be what it is. You know, I don't want, and I mean, I, I don't want you to turn your, I, I feel like now all people talk about on the internet is that there's some powerful elite cabal behind Hollywood. And you could, yeah. be, a, you could be a part of that for all I know. So I'll just respect your answer and let it be what it is so I don't end up um, in trouble. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. That's we'll, smart. That's we'll, a good move we'll on your part. There. So, Alex, question number two. Tell us one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you. Uh, I knew this question was coming, and I... One lesson that being a fat guy has taught me is that uh, you know what I I think we we tend to push away comedy a lot we don't want to be fatty falls down but I gotta say comedy really if I didn't have it if I didn't have the ability to find funny things 
I don't know where I'd be as the fat guy. So it's a double-edged sword. Uh, so one thing that it taught me is to be funny. Whenever you're feeling bad, be funny. Question number three, Alex. What is one behavior that people could start today if they want to get their journey beginning? They want to get their journey started. Um, I would say put in the time of we have so much information uh, that's accessible right now. Just just put in the time of looking up um, what you're eating. You know, even if you're just counting the calorie like if you're if you're somebody who's really heavy and who's eating a lot of fast food I, I would recommend like really adding up all the calories you're eating every day so you so at least you have that number you know how much you're eating every day there we go I like it question number four Alex what is one thing you love about yourself I love um I love, I want to say, <laughs> I the first thing that comes to mind is I, I want to say beans, because I love beans, but that's not something I love about myself. Yeah, that, that literally isn't. Uh, I, it's... And now I'm very uh, concerned. I just, um, I love, okay, I, I love my ability to understand people and listen. Um, I, I tend to be a shoulder that people cry on in, in my friend group and I, I genuinely like helping them when they do have a problem. And I, I like that about myself, that they can, they feel comfortable enough to come to me. There we go. And question number five, Alex, I think you actually started to answer this one a little bit already, but what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related? You know, in in may not be possible, but I'm not going to worry about that. The goal is I want to book a series regular on a show. Uh, a series regular is like the be like one of the friends and friends in in film terms. Well, now you're getting all technical on us, but I hope I hope all of the normal people out there can understand what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, I'm just teasing you, man. I think I think that sounds great, and you know, I I wish you all of the best of luck with that and with the the things you're already tackling. You know, you you put yourself into it. You know, I I, I see success coming for you. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I hope so. Definitely, man. And so, Alex, once again, just thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I mean, I know you you're probably getting ready. I. I just assume you probably have to go on like Entertainment Tonight or Inside Edition later. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you giving my little show a visit um, to to bring us into uh, your world today. Yeah, no, I I was really excited about coming on. I, I love listening, love following your page. Um, I I know I'm so famous, dude. I'm I'm so famous and so busy all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm you're, playing video you're, games you're at the home. You're the first guest I had to Venmo to get you to, to actually. Yeah, that, but, you know. that's that's a secret. Yeah, uh, they think I I volunteered to be on, but really you had to pay me to be here. 
what I will, I probably will be posting the rider that you submitted on onto onto Instagram later today, just so people know. Yeah. The condi- your conditions, the questions I was not allowed to ask, the things that I were, I you know the, the yeah. topics you wanted me to handle. The whole you know. ledger. Uh, let me just tell you, I I'm not sure who that was from your agent's office that called, but they're they don't scare me. Is what I'm going to say. They don't they don't scare me. Oh, Belinda, she's a bulldog. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was, it was very old school Hollywood. I, I heard a yeah. lot of typewriters going and someone was chewing on a pencil. There was just a lot going on. Yeah, the crackle of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And yeah it's I, a tough business. I know? could smell booze through the phone is what I'll say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the scent of liquor was heavy in the air. Yeah. Well, there we go, man. So, Alex, thank you again so much. And everyone, I, I'm going to put Alex's contact information in the show notes, as I said. If you are interested in connecting with me, you can reach me on Instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at gourmet goes keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Or if you are interested in one-on-one coaching with me as your ketogenic holistic nutrition coach, theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. And I keep forgetting to mention this in the recordings. I think it's at the beginning, but maybe it'll be at the end as well. The Fat Guy Forum needs your support one please if you're using an apple device go on there give us a rating give us a review it helps get us in front of more people and if you like what you're hearing on a regular basis and you like getting it regularly please consider checking out the patreon link in the show notes to throw a couple dollars the way of the show i I hate having to ask for stuff like that but hey i'm doing it i'm i'm shilling hard i'm shilling hard so yeah you're working for maybe maybe someone will consider doing that there's also some products that I'm an affiliate for in those show notes that you can get something for yourself and throws me literally a couple pennies. So if that's something you're interested in, check that out as well. And my friends, overall, forget about money, forget about fame. You know, it's going to be hard for Alex to forget about fame for a second. But yeah, please remember to go out there and do something to amaze yourself today because you, my friends, are truly amazing people. And then come back and catch us with the next superstar on the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.